0: It's the next level
1: Warning The following podcast may contain spoilers Listener discretion is advised
0: so, so do I stay and hang with the commies? What? No, you're driving Oh sure So what's the play? Paper Tigers, Uh. Chinese idiom. Paper Tigers threaten, but are destroyed easily. Cosnia wants to move on the US. They're crazier than Russia. They want to bring back the glory days of the Soviet Union. So you want to help them? I don't care about their politics. Regimes change, kings die. But if Cosnia attacks America, and I foil the attack, America will hail me as a hero. To do that, I'm gonna need patsies in both the East and the West. So, Otis, fetch your sister and find me a real American, someone charismatic, a radical. I think I know just the guy, Mr. Luthor. Name's Ben Lockwood. Seems smart. I'm glad someone does.
1: Welcome, primers, into this issue 140 of the DC Primetime Podcast. From the spotlight here on the Next Level Podcast Network, I am Ben Beck.
0: And from the Caffeine Crew cast of Pods, I am Rob Martin.
1: This is Deja Vu. Uh, it is. <laughs> so, two shows to talk about this week as Arrow and Supergirl were still airing new episodes. Flash is currently on break. And we'll be on break for the next couple weeks. But, you know, on top of that, some kind of breaking news happening within the last 24 hours, as well as uh, some other big news stories coming out.
0: Yeah, uh, pretty crazy. Um, Like I said, but yeah, we'll definitely talk about them. Yeah, Uh, for sure. But I figured we needed to real quick uh, at least address the giant birthday that's happening in the world of D.C. And, you know, everybody else is celebrating it. So we figured we really should definitely say something but a big happy 80th birthday to Green Lantern.
1: So uh, yeah, uh, it's I completely forgot this was coming around. I know they make a big, DC makes a big deal out of it every year uh, when it happens, especially big milestones like this.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, like 80 years for Green Lantern is it's, it's just it's just massive. I mean, it's such a great character, and I just can't. I imagine them not celebrating as largely as they are. I mean, I know. Six Flags by Us is going to be doing Green Lantern Day, and it's just awesome. I, I'm really excited to see what they're going to be doing throughout the rest of you know 2019.
1: Yeah, so. I, re- I remember five years ago, I was at New York Comic-Con during the 75th anniversary of uh, our 75th birthday of Green Lantern. And, man, so much stuff that was going on and so many names that were there. I'm really surprised that you know out of everybody that we've seen post things ryan reynolds hasn't posted anything but maybe he's just kind of trying to forget about the movie i, don't I know. mean
0: i don't i don't think he should i mean he still did a great job of honoring that character as best as he could it's it's not his fault that he got sided with a kind of a, a little weak script but still uh so yeah let's 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 say you know what he was still the best green lantern i think we've <laughs> ever had
1: so, well, I think he's the only Green Lantern we. Well, we've I mean, ever had. we've had
0: we, we've had some animated Green Lanterns. I mean, oh, like Dolomar. True. You know, he was good, but yeah, but Ryan Reynolds was truly the auteur of our time, uh, and in the best, the best. And, you know,
1: and we've gotten hints. future
0: Detective Pikachu, and the best. Uh, hopefully, future Green Lantern once more one day in the future.
1: I so. actually I went and saw Dumbo uh, this past uh, weekend. And they played a trailer for Detective Pikachu. And I really, honestly, I can't wait to see that movie. I,
0: I can't wait to. <laughs> uh,
1: but yeah, I mean, we, um, you know, we've gotten hints at a potential lantern showing up in the Arrowverse. But I don't know how far they're going to go through with it. Well, um, I mean,
0: I think if, it, if anything, the 80th, 80th anniversary is the time to do it. I mean, absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Especially in combination with Crisis happening next oh, year. Oh, yeah.
0: <clears throat> I, I think it's. It's necessary. It's absolutely. All right. Let's let's. I can't say that Green Lantern with Ryan Reynolds is a good movie anymore. And all these. (laughs) (laughs) I might. I'm just trying not to laugh.
1: I know. Uh, Obviously,
0: it's not Green Lantern's birthday. uh, April Fool's.
1: April Fool's. It's Batman's birthday. And yeah, I mean. An iconic character, for sure. I mean, hey, not taking anything away from Green Lantern. I mean, Green Lantern's, you know, 60-plus years old at this point. Actually, Green Lantern, I think, is almost 80 as well.
0: It's not far off. I I think it's, uh, like, early 1940s. July
1: 1940, yeah. I mean, so mid-1940. So So it's it's approaching 80 years itself. It Uh, It is. But Batman came first, and it is Batman's birthday, 80th birthday of Batman, so... Uh, And a very iconic character and an iconic birthday, and man, it's going to be no time before we're celebrating the 100th birthday of Batman, and it's going to be phenomenal. I can't
0: can't wait to see what they do. Yeah. And I'm going to be a very old man at that point.
1: So am I. (laughs) But you know what? We'll be 20 years older, but I guarantee you we'll still be geeking out about this stuff just as hard.
0: Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, we, we will probably not be doing the show by then, no. though. No,
1: if we're still doing this podcast 20 years from now, um, shoot me. Yeah, <laughs> so.
0: yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, so April Fools, uh, it wasn't, you know, I'm sure many of you probably figured out it was an April Fools thing because obviously it's April 1st in the day that we're posting this. So it was just a question as to how far and how long we were going to take it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's not like when we were talking about uh, what steaks uh, two years ago. Yeah, I think it was two years going ago. And going and going.
1: How to, that was proper, that, that was quite delicious. How to properly cook a steak?
0: How to properly cook a
1: steak? <laughs> uh, so yeah. So as we mentioned at the top of the episode, we do have two episodes this week of the Arrowverse to talk about. That being new episodes of Supergirl and Arrow. And I'm wondering. <clears throat> last week we kind of switched things up. We did Arrow first, and then Supergirl last. Do we want to do that again?
0: Uh, yeah, let's go ahead and do that.
1: Okay, because... I mean, um, for... And
0: I'm going to say, too, I'm going to apologize not about what our discussions are. Um, this episode's going to probably be short. I'm actually currently tethered to my phone because I lost power at the start of this recording. So uh, just to let you all know, I apologize if we kind of feel like we're rushing through things just a little bit.
1: So. Yeah, <clears throat> we're, we're kind of on a time clock now. Usually we're not, but, you know, now we're kind of at the... Uh, we're held at the fate of the your battery power.
0: Yeah, I, I have a gaming laptop, so it. it. That means I don't have a lot of battery power. (laughs) Yeah,
1: exactly. So if there's a little if there's some gaps or, you know, it feels like we're rushing it, we do apologize. But again, only two shows to talk about. So let's get right into it. Uh, We're going to start first with Arrow giving these shows our one of three point rankings sidekick hero or legend. Starting first with Arrow season seven, episode 17 sidekick hero or legend.
0: Why are you putting this on me?
1: I can no. Why? You know what? <laughs> I, I can start it, and I'll pretty much tell you this. Um, I think we're both in agreement that we're holding off on our ranking of this until we kind of talk about the episode a little bit. Because... I think
0: I need to because I'm in between. I'm in between my fourth sidekick in a row and and, and a hero, and I don't know. I, I I need to talk it out. I think I need yeah.
1: To talk and about it. I'm right there with you too. You asked me was we were prepping. You know what is uh what's my ranking? And I didn't know. Uh, I'm I'm right there with you. I'm torn between my first sidekick in a while or a very low tier hero. So we're gonna save it. We're gonna save it for when we're discussing well, the episode.
0: Not your first sidekick in a while. You gave the show a sidekick two weeks ago. So
1: okay, all right. Well, okay. So not in a while. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, on super. When it comes to Supergirl, however, this week, season four, episode sixteen, we're both in complete agreement. Uh, this is another legend from this show. It is.
0: A- it was just it was a beautiful continuation from the episode prior to uh where we first saw Lex and this was just fantastic. Absolutely just mwah!
1: it and, was so good. And John Cryer so is absolutely killing it as Lex Luther. Like there's and anybody who feels otherwise right now, I'm wondering what you're watching.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I'm not quite sure. Um I, I you know what the the show I wish we could talk about the most of this week is Doom Patrol. Um, you and <laughs> yeah. I have both been watching that week after week after week. We have not skimped on that to wait to the just watch it in a large chunk and just binge it but man the show continues to be amazing um yeah i can't wait to talk about that later this year
1: yeah yeah i mean we're not going to discuss that this episode but man this week was such a legend episode from that show um and admiral whiskers might be my new favorite character maybe yeah. not favorite but <laughs> he could hey man when the primers come around he could get nominated as best new character why well, Oh my God!
0: <laughs> I think that that entire roster of characters that we're gonna put up for nomination is gonna be every one of the Doom Patrol members and then like one or two other people from the Arrowverse. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's gonna
1: be the Doom Patrol and Lex.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that could be what it could be i don't i generally don't know yeah it's gonna be tricky
1: uh let's jump back and start the breakdowns of the episode starting first with uh season seven episode 17 of arrow inheritance i'm gonna read this synopsis this is what you know a number of places that we've looked has uh even though most of the stuff in this synopsis did not happen in this episode so i'm wondering where they even got it uh laurel learns about some damaging information that affects emiko always looking to protect his sister oliver invites laurel to help investigate i'm really just going to stop it there because nothing else in this synopsis even happens yeah no so i I don't even know why it's in there um it's all about making felicity happy and things going awry and felicity's forced to make a choice between the team and laurel what where did you get that i don't So not only is the show struggling, but so are the people that write the synopsis. (laughs)
0: Um,
1: Yeah, so, you know, we see... I don't even know where to start with this because, uh, you know, one of the things that we talked about when we were prepping for this episode is the one thing that this show did right this week is the one thing is the biggest strength of this show, and it is the fight choreography. The fight scenes were fantastic. Story-wise, however, like, I... And I, I, this is where I'm torn with my ranking is I don't know if the fight scenes were enough to save this episode for me.
0: Yeah, and I think really they were decent fight scenes. Let's not state otherwise. I, I think that's not a question whatsoever. Uh, I think it was the twist that carried this episode. Like Basically, this episode was... It was kind of interesting because it's very – it runs in parallel to the way that Supergirl kind of ran this week where Supergirl, we got to watch Lex kind of make his calls over the last several years that leads him to this moment. This was us watching Emiko through her life to understand where she is at this moment. One of the shows completely succeeded. One of them did not. Yeah. Um, And we're talking about that show right now is the show that did not succeed. And I think that's really where the focus of this is because I think a lot of the stuff that happened with Team Arrow was a lot of more or less this reactionary shots. I I felt like for the most part where it was just like, like, wait, she betrayed us. And like, but nobody seemed to really care. (laughs) It was kind of the way it felt like because like Renee and her had a big kind of like connection point through earlier on in the season. Yeah. I mean, as much as you can say it, because again, I, I, you know, this is not to the writer's credit, because I think we actually see, um, you know, Emiko actually kind of emote in the flashbacks, but like the Emiko we have present day, uh, doesn't have emotions and it's, it, it makes it impossible for another character to be around her to shine or kind of to bring out a quality in her. Cause she's just cold all the time. Uh, and not in the captain cold way where it was just, you know, that mon- uh, monosyllabic but still with a had a little bit of an edge of humor there or something like that she is just flat it's it, it just feels like a very flat character in the present timeline but in the past again I don't, I, I don't know if you agree with that she felt like she there was something there uh that just kind of got wiped away
1: no and i i do agree with that i think there was <clears throat> excuse me um you're right she she did show show emotion as we saw her as a child i, I will say that it was nice seeing jamie sheridan come back and re- and portray robert queen uh Yet again in the series, I think this is the first time we've seen him since the 100th episode. I could be off
0: um, I be- on I that. believe that's correct, yeah. yeah
1: so it's, it's always nice coming back and seeing him, even though <clears throat> he is relatively older now, so not much older, but it's it's kind of It was odd. noticeable. It yes, was noticeable. it's kind yeah. of odd seeing in a older actor playing, even though it's the same actor, seeing him older now portraying Robert Queen from a previous, you know, from a flashback. But I I was able to write that off. That was not a big deal to me at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, wasn't anything that took away from the from the episode. But you know, you're right. It, there was you called it a twist in that Emiko kind of betrayed the team. But see that I don't feel like that was a twist at all. I think ever since we knew that she was the one that took out Diaz, we know why she did it. it was because she was working for Dante. There was nothing twist about that to me. I think this whole story would have played out better. Now, we did get a twist at the end of the episode, uh, which <clears throat> we'll talk about. But to me, really wasn't that big of a deal. I was like, oh, oh, did I understand that correctly? And OK, uh, we'll see where it goes. But I think if you could have taken the fact that Emiko was the one responsible for killing Diaz and you found a way to kind of postpone that reveal until this episode. Yeah you could have combined the two of them and made it a bigger reveal.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think that would have been a lot smarter of, of all of that happening together. And I, I think really the big reason why this kind of, the big reveal that we're going to get to in a few moments, you know, aside from the fact that she really is purely working with the Ninth Circle, is the fact that we don't have any connection to her uh, as a character. So the betrayal didn't have any weight. I think that's the big problem because she never really worked with the team ever. This was the first time we saw her in the Arrow Cave. I mean, cr- the, the you know, Team Arrow has only been back together really in the Arrow Cave or even working together as a whole since, like, the last handful of episodes. So there has never been a deep-seated connection to her character, so there was no weight when that moment happened. Uh, you know, finding out now that she is our big bad of the season, really fell flat in this episode and i think that's why this is really kind of tricky because she kind of feels like she is the Kmart version of two characters combined uh it's it, she's you know a little bit of Rachel ghoul but a little bit of prometheus and a little bit of talio and nissa however you want to put it and kind of slamming them all together like the ninth circle just feels like straight up a knockoff league of league of yeah. assassins league of shadows and her character, it's, you know, there's that whole past, uh, you know, angle that, you know, Adrian Chase had that just doesn't play off as well as the stuff Adrian did. Because Adrian was a likable character and Adrian was a twisted son of a bitch. And you're like, holy crap, this is just going further and further and further.
1: Well, not o- uh, well, not only that, but I mean, comparing it and I don't mean to cut you off, but. Uh, oh, no, know, go ahead. Go ahead. You know, comparing to Adrian Chase and Prometheus, the one thing that that. That had, other than the fact that, like you said, Adrian was a likable character, but also a twisted son of a bitch, was, you know, him being the villain was revealed early on that that they could play with it enough to the point where, you know, Team Arrow, like Oliver and Team Arrow knew he was the villain, he was in the public eye, and there was nothing they could do about it. Emiko is a completely hidden off the radar character. Nobody knows about Emiko, but team arrow. So to make her, to put that twist on her and make her the villain. Now I I do kind of understand where they're going with it. Like what could be worse than Prometheus? What could be worse than Diaz? You know, when it comes to killing off Prometheus, it's easy to do when it comes to killing off Diaz, he's a horrible character. What can you do? Killing off Emiko at the end is a lot tougher because she is family, but You've built a connection between Oliver and Emiko, but you haven't built a connection between Emiko and the audience.
0: Right. So, and it it's it makes it tricky.
1: Yeah. So when it comes to the end of this, and when it comes to the end of the season, and Oliver having to make a choice, is that we're going to get one of two things. We're going to get either Oliver is going to kill Emiko, or Emiko is going to get a redemption. I don't see it going any of, other way than those two things. Yeah. And... When it comes to the redemption arc, I feel like it's going to be lame. It's not going to pay off as well. If you go to the death aspect of it, I can see where it's going to have an effect on Oliver, especially going into potentially next season. But it's not going to have that big of an effect on the the audience. We're we're not going to feel that the way he is as a character.
0: Yeah, and I think really the angle that this this season needed to take if Emika was going to be the big bad was kind of, Playing And to go back to classic Batman stuff, um, they should have played this the way that they played Gene Paul Valley, um, where, you know, in Nightfall, you had this you had Asriel, who is this tough as nails, took things over the edge. And when Bruce is hurt and says, hey, I want you to take over for me and you have this vicious version of Batman out there that he has to eventually stop, that would have been a lot cooler to see where you have this vicious version of Green Arrow that they kind of put down put in his place
1: yeah see, and, that would be kind of cool like if if that were the case if oliver stepped right, back it's
0: it, it's the arkham knight ver, ver, like you know the character that we had in in you know uh you know well arkham knight yeah or and it, it's that would have worked really well or like i said a gene paul valley kind of angle and i think that would have worked so much better here and i think that's the problem is it felt like they're rehashing multiple angles and trying to make something out of a couple of random pieces that worked really well in previous seasons, but it don't they don't really mesh because of the way that they they brought her character into uh, the fold over the last handful of
1: episodes. Yeah, and you know what? Just talking about that, I kind of want to go back and replay Arkham Knight because it's been a while since I've played those games.
0: Well, hey, you know, uh, uh, Detective Comics one thousand just came out and they just introduced the Arkham Knight for the very first time in the comics.
1: Ooh, I'm gonna have to. Read
0: um, uh, it is a phenomenal issue. So, I uh, but spoiler alert that's my recommendation this week (laughs) cool um so
1: um you you know two other things i want to bring up in this episode that i feel like kind of really fell flat or confused me um and then we can start towards wrapping up we could talk about that twist and and anything that you have as well is you know i we talked about renee and you know emiko uh, betraying the team i feel like they kind of they had a moment, you know, where where Rene is on the ground and he realizes that Emiko betrayed the team. And I, I know they were kind of going for uh, a moment to make the audience feel bad for Rene. But in all actuality, <clears throat> excuse me, that came across as in like, well, we've known for a while. You should have known by now. Like yeah. it, it didn't come across as in like, oh, poor Rene. It came across in, uh, yeah, you were blind to this. You should have, again, you should have known better.
0: Right, and he didn't even really feel like he reacted. He's just kind of like, "Huh," and that was kind of basically his reaction. "Huh," and that was
1: it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And then the other thing I wanted to bring up too was we've gotten for past episodes this whole build up to, you know, Team Arrow working with you know the uh, CPD and and you know how like they're they're conflicting and how they need to work within the rules and everything, and then we get this episode where. It felt like that was completely out the window. And they were back to Team Arrow again.
0: Where where was the SCPD when they were trying to stop the sarin gas stuff and all that? Like, shouldn't that have been a large part of the equation? Um, Especially when it's like, hey, there's a whole bunch of sarin gas it's about to wipe out the city. That's that's not a big deal or something. What the hell? Uh, Yeah, it it didn't make sense. It, It feels like they're so all over the place and... It, it didn't work. It just didn't work again. And it's it's a shame. It's really a shame. Yeah. And I, you know, I, it was funny because there was a couple of reviews I saw in this episode where like IGN gave this like an 8.7 and said, hey, you know, like they created a really interesting villain that's going to be a big lead. And it's, you know, but I, I was
1: reading that and I'm like, who watched this <laughs> yeah yeah because imdb gave this an 8.8 so i mean and I, I, I and and that's the thing like i know we have listeners who absolutely still adore this show and yeah, i'm oh, yeah. sure they enjoyed this episode we're just to that point now where i feel like you know when it, when you compare this season to other seasons such as season two uh, or season five this this season just really is lacking
0: It's struggling. It's really struggling. And I think the thing is, too, some people may also, like, review the episodes uh, as episode by episode by episode, which is the way that we do it as well. But you have to take the weight of the things that came before in the season because that directly impacts the character motivations, all these little pieces. And it makes me wonder if some of those people are thinking about some of the things that we are. And I think that's really – it's very vital and I think it's very key, Uh, especially this late in the season. We've got six episodes to go. Yeah, um, that's not a lot of time, uh, not a lot of time at all. And I, I, I they have to do some big things, especially because one of the news stories nailed too. And I, it's is that going to detract from them trying to get to the finish line of this season? And that's a big deal. That's a really big deal. So I, I, I'm generally not sure, and especially I know we've got a couple week break and the next episode is. Is the episode that actually I I have feeling that could potentially end in legend territory if they do it right?
1: Oh, the, the yeah, the, the Lost Canaries episode. Lost Canaries yeah. episode, yeah, which is uh, arrows on break for the next two weeks. Returns on April fifteenth right. with uh, Lost Canaries, but and we're going to see the return of Sarah Lance in that episode as right. well. Right,
0: we're, we're going to see Dinah, Sarah, and Earth Two Laurel kind of all go through the motions as the Canaries. I think this is where we're going to see the passing of the torch um, to Laurel Lance of Earth Two. And you know, while that's going to be very exciting to see, um, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how that whole thing plays because this might just be that big black Canary episode we've been waiting for for a long time. But the downside is it's a shame that's going to be happening against Emiko uh, as as the big bad of this all. So, or a, a Emiko may not even play a part in this. This could purely be on Laurel trying to just f- complete her redemption arc. And that's, I think, where we're going to be seeing. So that might mean we only have five episodes to deal with the main main plot by the end.
1: So. And you know what? And I didn't even think about that, too, considering that the next episode is the Lost Canaries episode. Uh, we really do have a big setup for Laurel becoming the new and probably final Canary in that episode. I mean, we get that whole scene. this Well, not week.
0: final, because we know Zoe kind of takes over the mantle in the 2040. Well, I mean, in, uh, in the
1: in the current timeline. Right, 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 she'll be the final canary probably for a while um and as far as the show goes um with the exception of zoe in the in the future uh she will be the, the the final canary in this whole timeline of like 15 different canaries um you know but we do kind of get that set up this week in emiko kind of tarnishing her reputation as the da making her the villain she could kind of step away from that da role now Uh, And take the vigilante role again, joining Team Arrow, because we know that, uh, you know, so she could fill in the role as the canary once again and kind of wrap it up when it comes to the the current timeline canaries.
0: Yeah, I mean, I will say that was a positive for me this week. Uh, I think the stuff with Dinah and her was actually pretty well written. I think it was really well acted. And I think it was the one piece of the episode that I really thought played very well. Yeah, Um, I I agree with that. and I I, I don't want to say that the episode was all negative because I think again the fight choreography was actually really really strong this week I think it was the strongest it's been in a little while now. Um, in addition to, I thought the the Laurel and Dinah stuff was 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 well handled, and I'm I'm looking forward to the next episode to see how the Canary stuff is going to play out.
1: Yeah. So Um. Let's talk a little bit. Let's let's mention real quick that final moment of the episode and then we can... and then we got Then we have to score this yeah <laughs> so <laughs> yeah exactly uh but you know there is a, a relative twist at the end of the episode i say relative because it really was not a big uh reveal i mean it, I, it was something i it didn't is, see coming
0: it, it is and it tied back to the very beginning of the series
1: yeah um, in that it is revealed that Dante is indeed not, as we mentioned, not our big bad of the season. Uh, Emiko is the one that is pulling the strings behind the ninth circle and Dante. And we talked a little bit about this in prep in that it was, it, yes, it was a reveal. It was something that I did not anticipate, but it didn't, I don't think it had the full effect because as you mentioned, you're kind of confused by the fact that like, okay, the person who trained you, you're now in charge. Like, how, I mean, and the teacher happens, becomes right? the master moment, I guess?
0: Yeah, I mean, and it does happen. But the way that it played, just played oddly. Uh, I, I think it's the best way I can put it. It was it was very stilted dialogue. It was one of those things, if you looked down and paid attention to something else for a second, you totally missed it. Yeah. It was one of those so tiny, such a tiny little moment that you're like, wait, what? what? Did, do I need to back that up and listen to that scene again? Because... I think I missed something because yeah, <laughs> I, like.
1: I even asked you about that. I was like, well, wait a minute. Did I get this right? And then I said it to you and you're like, yep, that's what happened. Yeah. So The fact that I had to question it means yeah. it was it was. Yeah, you're right. It was a little convoluted. It was a little confusing. Uh, but the other thing about it is, too, these shows are known for giving us like some kind of big reveal before they go on their breaks and those reveals are meant to be the kind of reveals where we're like, oh, man, I really can't wait until this show comes back in a couple of weeks. Like, what are they going to do with this? And this reveal kind of to me was, uh, okay, I'm glad we're getting a couple weeks off where we don't have to talk about this. Yeah, and, no, I'm
0: I'm right there with you.
1: And I can kind of like let my brain uh, kind of let the, the dust settle and maybe come back with a fresh take on the show when it comes back and it pushes to the mm-hmm. end. Yeah, Yeah. So we'll see. Hopefully, these these next two weeks of you know not having to watch every week, because again, the show has fallen so flat lately. I mean, this is your fourth, potentially your fourth sidekick in a row, potentially my Mm -hmm. second sidekick in two weeks, or in two two or three weeks, and you know it's getting to the point where it's becoming a chore to watch the show, and we don't want to feel that way. Trust me, we get no pleasure out of. Maybe a little bit um, of, you no, know,
0: I would say I definitely don't. I, I, I don't get any pleasure uh, when we have a bad episode in any show.
1: Yeah. Well, I was saying that as a, I was saying that as a joke. Yeah.
0: Oh, oh, yeah. Well, no. Well, some people I know out there in the world do. You
1: know? They love trolling on these shows. Yeah.
0: Uh, well, yeah. Internet trolls are a thing. I mean, uh, they do it for because they love it. It's when we have to watch bad episodes, we take no pleasure in that whatsoever. <laughs> so because we have to look at that objectively and that's really hard to do when you're when something's not not good
1: and And we and yeah and the reason why we hate doing it too is because of the fact that we know some of you out there still love the show
0: right and we we don't don't, we don't (laughs) we don't want to be like hey guys we just want to let you know our opinion is that this is bad and anybody likes this is there's something wrong with them mentally that's not what we're trying to state and we don't want to it, it bothers us too because we're always concerned if we say something along those lines Um, we don't want to lose any of you like we want you to always feel like you have a place in the the primer family and you can enjoy the things you can enjoy and we hope that you guys all still do enjoy the things we we enjoy We're, we're just trying to tell you our thoughts on this as objectively as we can as critics where we think problems are and and praise the shows when they do something right um but again we're just two people in a sea of a lot of major major fans um, And, you know, like I said, please continue to enjoy things the way that you want to enjoy them and, and don't let our stuff detract from that yeah, whatsoever. Absolutely. Please definitely don't. Um, because you all know, if you've been with our show, that when when any of these shows does something right and we really thoroughly love it we geek out just as hard so
1: and and not only that but i mean like even between you and i like yeah lately we've shared a lot of the same opinions about the show and that's what tends to happen a majority of the time but even there are times that you and even you and i differ in opinions on certain things as well you know there'll be and and sometimes
0: it's enough to tilt one of us in an opposite direction that we we were originally planning yeah which is which is great and that's the reason why we talk out our, our pieces and try to really minimize uh, our conversations about any of the shows beforehand
1: yeah yeah we, yeah that's the thing too in case you don't know and you're new to the podcast Rob and I don't talk about these shows before we we do this podcast because we wait so that you guys are hearing our thoughts for the first time so yeah. which is great uh but yeah uh, next episode back in two weeks April. Well, f- well, oh
0: we have to talk about that final final twist you
1: know uh, wait there was a final final twist
0: Yes, the the queen's gambit stuff.
1: Oh, okay. I'll t- I'll turn that over to you then. Okay. So the last <laughs> scene we see,
0: because you mentioned, like I said, that, em- that yeah, final moment. Uh, but basically, what it is is we saw Dante give uh, Emiko something in an envelope early on in the episode, like in one of the flashbacks, and we see later on um, her opening up that envelope and seeing the queen's gambit, uh, you know, piece, uh, and basically showing that. Malcolm Merlin was basically paid to plant the explosives at the request of the Night Circle uh, to basically kill Robert Queen and potentially Ollie. Yes. So <clears throat> that was, I think, what was interesting about this is it kind of ties back to the origins of this series. Uh, but it's, it feels like it's it's weakly trying to make her more important than she is um, in a way to tie it back. I mean, like, again, I think if Emiko was a character that had a lot more time to grow and have a lot more time to be a part of it and maybe if she was really a lovable character and then you see that happen, then, then that moment would have been like oh crap but again because we didn't have that we didn't have that build up it just didn't play
1: well not only that but I feel like it not only is this a way to kind of tie Emiko into the whole series by kind of tying her back to the beginning but I feel like Again, the shows, the writers already knew at this point that the show was coming to an end. And I feel like what they're trying to do with this, too, is they're trying to bookend the series by the end of Season 7. So that when we get this shortened season of 10 episodes next season, they don't have to use it to tie anything back together. They don't have to use it to answer any questions. Ten, season 10, these 10 episodes are going to be in what I hope are a, a short, concentrated, but fantastic pull out all the stops wrap up to this series yeah. and they can have one centralized story that they can put together for these 10 episodes most likely leading up the crisis on infinite earths and they don't have to use any of those 10 episodes to tie up any loose ends i feel like they're going to try and get out and bookend this series as best as they can in these next six episodes six or seven episodes so that they don't have to worry about it next season
0: yeah yeah and that was
1: and and you know what and that was a way that they they kind of again like you said goes back to the beginning so that was one of the seeds that they planted to kind of bookend this whole thing yeah absolutely all right so what do you give it oh oh god (laughs) you know what i was i was back and forth throughout this conversation um I was in I was in a, a low tier hero, and then we started talking about the the storyline, how the storyline fell flat, uh, and then the the action sequences, how they might not have saved it, and then I kind of that flipped me back to sidekick. But then when we started talking about the canary stuff and how that could potentially lead into what's coming with Lost Canary, um, I'm back into low tier hero. So I'm gonna go, I'm gonna give it probably a low tier hero, maybe around the four four point five range.
0: I think I'm going to fall at uh, a four. Okay. So the first hero from me for a little while, but I think it was just enough to keep it out of the sidekick range, but just barely. Um, I think if the Laurel stuff didn't exist and we didn't have some good fight sequences, there's no question in my mind that this would, would have, would have probably fallen at a two. Okay. So,
1: yeah. So uh, again, two weeks from now, April 15th, when lost returns, or when lost returns, when arrow returns uh, with lost canary, um, you know the return of Sarah Lance to the series. I'm I'm really hoping, I'm putting a lot of my cards in that. But ba- I'm putting a lot of my eggs in that basket and hoping that we're gonna see a good episode with a good canary storyline. And the seeds have been planted this week towards that episode. But yeah. we'll, but we'll see. We'll see when that yeah. happens. Uh, all right, so let's jump into the next series then uh, with Supergirl Season 4, Episode 16, The House of L. In the wake of Lex Luthor's return, the show flashes back to what he's been doing for the last two years and how his secret uh, his secret plans have affected Supergirl and Lena. Again, we, we said this at the top of the episode, if you are still questioning John Cryer as Lex Luthor, what are you watching? Because you are watching something completely different than we are uh yeah i was sold last week this week he's easily he's in... he's,
0: he's cemented himself in the role even further yes so yeah,
1: yeah absolutely i mean from everything from dealings with the warden to killing people in the courtroom when you're on <laughs> trial like he is
0: 22 consecutive life sentences maybe you should make that 20 right?
1: what was it was it 20 <laughs> i think it was 31 why don't we make it 32 or something like that. oh yeah.
0: yeah something like that yeah
1: but you you made the point in that like he knew he was going to get another one for killing people in a courtroom uh but like it's he is I mean, and not only that, but he kind of cemented himself in something that we did see coming. We just didn't know how it was going to come together. Just like Arrow revealed their true big bad this episode this week, Supergirl did the same thing. And it was very cool watching everything play out and how it all came together from the mention of Ben Lockwood to I think the only thing we didn't get from Lex that I don't think he had anything to do with is Manchester Black. That was just right. A, that was just a side element that came out of the Ben Lockwood things. Ben Lockwood storyline. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. So, and yeah, it's 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 it just drove out somebody else that was in the mix. And but I mean, it was just, you know, I think this conversation is going to be fairly short because I mean, really, it just was insert Lex into every major moment that was setting up every piece to now. Yeah, that's really what it was. It was it went back to three years ago after the moment that we saw him his introduction in last week's episode beforehand, where we saw, you know, the the whole red sun of Metropolis kind of playing out uh, to the courtroom scene to the when he's leaving there and meets Miss Tessmacher, who he connects to Otis really quickly uh, and how that continues to play out and inserts that character into, you know, Catco magazine to work with, you know, uh, you know, Cat Grant uh, and just how all that plays out to the current point was just phenomenal. Yeah. Just to the down to the point where was like, well, I know exactly what I need to do. I need to give myself cancer. You know, like all those little points like. There was something really fantastic about that, plus watching Melissa get a chance to play the Red Donner character was I think she did a fantastic job.
1: Yes. And the way uh, that
0: yeah, the way that they had them play off of each other was really fantastic. And I really thought that they did a really great job all all episode long. Uh and you know, like Melissa really got a chance to shine, I think this episode with that character. And and, and again, Cryer just kills it. Just every second that he's in. He chews scenes better than Wentworth Miller. And it was that's that's high praise. That's high praise for <laughs>
1: Yes. Me. I mean and we gotta say too, like this was an episode where, you know, we had Again, there's not a lot to unpack because it's basically, as you mentioned, the episode just plays out as in like, let's take this season and let's take one episode to show you exactly how Lex fits into every moment of this season that you didn't know. Like he has been part of this entire season uh, in the background and we had no idea until this episode. And everything is finally coming together from, you know, his involvement into Ben Lockwood to, as you mentioned, Snowbird and, and Red Daughter. And them even calling her Red Daughter in this episode as well. And I, I, I honestly, even just the kryptonite that gets launched into the sky,
0: all of that was all Lex. And it's crazy to think that every single major moment that happened this entire season, he was responsible
1: for. Uh, yeah, and from giving himself cancer to, like, this just... The writers did a fantastic job of showing uh, the master planner and the mastermind that he really is. And between the combination of the writers writing the mastermind mentality of Lex and John Cryer's portrayal of Lex, this is, uh, and I'm going to say this now, and I I don't know if you're going to agree with me or not, in... The four seasons of Supergirl that we've gotten in two episodes, he is, in my mind, without a doubt, the best big bad this show has seen already.
0: Uh, Yeah, and the funny thing is, too, we already had two amazing big bads in this season. (laughs) Yes. And there's no question about this. This is the greatest season of Supergirl ever. Yeah. And I don't think they're going to – I don't know if a show, uh, the season is going to be able to top what they did here. This feels like Arrow season five all over again. Yeah, um, it's it's just I don't know how you top this, um, and it's when we do, I don't know how we're gonna do this though in the the primers of the best season this year because <laughs> Doom Patrol is also just just batting a thousand right now too, um, and it's just crazy to to say that we we have something like this going on and I, I'm really truly blown away with everything they've done and accomplished this this year. So,
1: yeah, I, I want to say to a, a couple side notes there. Um, you know, we mentioned last week with the return of Lex of John Cryers, Lex Luther. Uh, or the debut of him as as Lex Luthor. He's that character that you love to hate, and it's really annoying me right now because there's one particular line in this episode that is said by Lex that literally had me laugh out loud, and I for the life of me I can't remember what that line what that line was. I feel like it was the moment he was in the car with Otis and uh and Eve Tesmacher, but God, it, it's really annoying me that I can't remember what the line was. oh man but it it had me again it it had me laughing out loud it's something that lex says and just i just remember laughing at the line and immediately as soon as i came down from that laugh thinking this is just brilliant like this is fantastic
0: was it was it when he gets in the car and he's like, "Well, what about us?" He's like, "Get in the car. You're the driver." You know, it was one of those moments. Maybe. I think
1: it was in that scene, but that yeah. wasn't the particular line. Um, okay. And God, I—it's I, really—it's you have no idea <laughs> how bad <laughs> it's annoying me. Um, I, I'm looking at the quotes as we're as we're talking to see if maybe it's it's in there. Um, but yeah, but one of the other things I I really enjoyed about the episode too is you know we do see uh melissa played two roles in this we do see her playing supergirl and we see her uh as a snowbird aka red daughter and one of the things i really enjoyed was she had to put on that russian accent uh and she did it very well like i completely bought it i didn't at yeah, any time
0: a lot of times usually when 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 american actors do european in any way shape and form it falls flat and it seems over the top and a little overdone. But yeah, you're right. I thought she really did a great job. Um, I normally, again, it's, it's one of those things that can be very grating very quickly, but yeah, absolutely pulled it off.
1: Yeah. And, and that's the thing, like you, you kind of, I completely bought the fact that she was able to pull off both. And that was just, I I thought she did fantastic. I thought she did very well when it came to, uh, when it came to portraying both roles. And yeah, I, I, I think seeing her in the red daughter suit, because uh, listener Shad, I, I completely forgot to post the, the show feedbacks. Uh, and I really regret doing so now, especially for this episode of Supergirl. I know Chad had said at one point that suit dot, dot, dot. And I thought he was referring to the super, the, the red daughter suit, but he wasn't the Lexo suit, the Lexo suit. Which was just cool as hell, uh, seeing that.
0: Oh, it was great to see that. But the Red Daughter shoot, though, too, was fantastic to see as well. Every again, you know, I feel like we talked about every major point in this episode. Uh, But it was just one of those ones that was just that fantastic geek out moment. If you watch the season, you know all the pieces and how they play out. You just get to watch the setup of those pieces, and it played perfectly. And I can't really, I really can't wait to see how. The Red Daughter story continues to play out because we already see some descent that's happening there. Where we see her kind of on Lex's side by the end, but we do see there's a lot of good in her. And I think this is a brilliant setup to potentially seeing Power Girl, yeah. uh, their own version of Power Girl. And I think that's going to be really fun to watch. And I think that's a really high chance we're going to see Power Girl kind of created from this character. And I, that makes me even more excited.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm looking through the quotes to see if it's in there, and unfortunately it's not. It's not one of the quotes listed, so I'm going to have to try and figure it out at some point. Uh, But I'll do that at another time. Maybe I'll make it the line of the week uh, for the episode just so you you guys can hear the line that I'm thinking of. Uh, But any other final things to talk about? I think think you're right. I think we kind of touched on almost every element of this episode. But, I mean, again, just the brilliance of between John Cryer portraying Lex uh, the way they fit him into the entire season as him being there the whole time and just, you know, the introduction of finally getting red daughter and the way the influence she's most likely going to have on the rest of the season. I think this is, uh, we gave high praise to last week's episode. This, this week deserves just as high, if not slightly higher.
0: Yeah, no, I'm right there. I, I think they, the to manage to balance every major moving piece of this season and break it down into the setup of all of those in a single episode was nothing but brilliant, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, the fact that they managed to pull it off and you, there was not a single one that made you question it was impressive.
1: Yes, for sure. Absolutely. So... uh Supergirl is still new this week, uh, so episode we're going to have episode 17, all about Eve. Supergirl must deal with the destructive aftermath of Lex's nefarious plans. Shocked at what Lex has created, Supergirl faces her biggest challenge yet, which most likely is going to be uh, Red Daughter. So mm-hmm. we shall see, and we're also going to get another episode this week. We did not have any uh, John Jones. We did uh, Martian Manhunter. We didn't have any Nienol. We didn't have any Brainiac, uh, and it looks like they're all going to be returning this episode, cool, as well. Uh so cool. With that being said, uh in addition to Supergirl next week, Legends of Tomorrow will also be returning this week. So uh we're still gonna have two shows to talk about next week, Supergirl and the returning Legends of Tomorrow. Uh Lucha De Lucha de Apoetes, I believe, is the how the episode is pronounced. Uh and it's gonna be a fu- I feel like I need to go back and rewatch um what was it? Um
0: the, finale, the legends mid-season.
1: of legends of to meow meow. yeah <laughs> uh just to uh just to kind of refresh myself just and also well, it's, it it's actually
0: it's, it's it's pretty easy to remember uh because really it just cuts down to seeing hank haywood on the golf uh, calling uh what's his name oh my god Neron, uh basically on the golf course
1: yeah so yeah that's
0: true and that's that's kind of where it ended We're kind of like okay so yep uh, uh yeah i
1: i'm looking forward to it all right cool so right. with that being said I, yeah let's jump into some dc news
0: okay uh i apologize i i've, I've got a handful of things up so if i missed anything because again um i'm trying to be very careful about what <laughs> how what i'm doing on my computer right now because again i am i am purely tethered to my phone uh but let's start with some film stuff so we've got a little bit about suicide squad uh james Gunn actually this was on his instagram uh and it said uh emily monster we need to get you a little monster shirt and it was a quick drawing of harley quinn petting a kitty uh it said happy Cater Day." and <laughs> i that's pretty pretty much a good sign that we're going to be seeing harley quinn in the suicide squad uh there's been a lot of r- rumblings for quite some time that she was going to make an appearance in there but not only her sounds like we might be seeing one another person in that mix as well. It seems like Jai Courtney could be coming back to play Captain Boomerang in Suicide Squad as well. Uh, So basically, we did get this from him. He said, we're getting ready to shoot in a few months' time. Um, You know, there's not uh, much else I can reveal about it. But yeah, you'll be seeing Boomerang back again for sure. So my question is, this is he going to be one of those characters that we're going to see his head go boom? Because it's very possible. Uh, Again, Suicide Squad, so... Uh, I, I would not be surprised if we kind of see the old characters kind of taken out of the mix. So James Gunn is able to kind of create his soft reboot. So I, and, I mean, a high chance.
1: Yeah, I mean, and we do know that Deadshot is going to be recast as well. I think Idris Elba right now is the, the top.
0: The front runner. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: so, yeah, so it's going to be really interesting to see what he does with this.
0: Yeah. Uh, so uh, a little bit of other news, though, too, in the world of Harley Quinn. But in Birds of Prey, it sounds like we are absolutely going to be seeing at least a quick moment of everybody's favorite Joker of all time. Oh. Uh, so <laughs> Jared Leto looks like he will be making a quick appearance in the film. It looks like it's going to be a very small role. There are some shots that came out on justjared.com where we did see Harley Quinn standing outside of a house. And you could clearly see a Jared Leto version of the Joker in the second floor window throwing trash bags of her clothing out onto the lawn. So my guess is we're going to probably just be seeing purely just the breakup and that's it. Um, I think this is the opportunity for them to kind of move on. And I think the way that they even angled and shot some of the stuff, you couldn't even see the face very clearly. So I'm wondering if this is just a quick this is the last time you're going to be seeing his character and just kind of moving on. God, so I, I think so. that's a high chance.
1: Of that's <laughs> I hope how that's so. going to
0: play out. All right. Jumping on to the TV side of things. Let's get the big one out of the way. Um, Emily Bett Rickards has made a large announcement saying that Felicity smoke will not be returning at all in season eight. Well, I wouldn't say at all. I would not be surprised to see her in the very final episode. Yeah. way, had... shape or form. But she will not be coming back uh, for season eight as a normal cast member at all. Uh, She is officially leaving the show in a normal role come season seven. Uh, She uh, basically posted on her Instagram, kind of a long post, kind of a little bit of poem uh, kind of going through her time on arrow, but basically kind of saying, Oh yeah, it's, it's time for her to say goodbye. Uh, So like I said, I think it's, uh, I think it's the right call. I think it's a right call for, for, for Emily to move on, and I think it's a really good way for them to put a hard focus on Oliver's for next season. I would not be surprised if this is not just her decision. I wouldn't be surprised if the showrunner said maybe this is the right call as well. We obviously know we see the team does not know that she's pregnant, so this is how you take her off the board. We asked that question last week, and this is this is how you do it, um, is you you don't have her around anymore. And just kind of have her in hiding. So maybe that's the way that this is going to play out. So yeah. Uh, so as we mentioned before, I, we, we said the the finale of Season 7 for Arrow is going to be a, probably a big deal. And this is uh, proof positive of that. So I'm very curious to see how it's going to play.
1: Yeah, and again, I mean, it goes back to what I was saying, too, of using Season 7 and the rest of these episodes to wrap up your completely bookend. Uh, you know, bookend the series. Uh, and, you know, with Emily not being involved in Season 8, it's a perfect reason to use that truncated season next season to kind of be its own. It's going to be its own thing. Uh, And Mm -hmm. it's going to be, uh, I think again, they're going to pull out all the stops. They're going to go out as big as they can. And I think this is a good way to do it. Yeah. All right. Let's jump into
0: some DC universe stuff. Uh, There was uh, quite a bit of stuff that we got out of them this week. uh, But what was really cool was the, these couple pieces. So we have seen the first official shot of Breck Basinger in Stargirl playing Courtney Whitmore. So we saw her fully suited up. The costume looks dead on and fantastic. It looks very similar to the costume we did see in Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, a little bit more fine-tuned. Uh, so it looks it looks great. It's got a little bit of that material that looks very similar to Captain America. So not really very big surprise in that. Uh, But we do know, obviously, the show is still indeed coming in early 2020 that will be starring Breck Basinger, Luke Wilson, Amy Smart, and Joe McHale and more. So this is going to be a fantastic show. And if Doom Patrol is any indication, still a lot to be excited about for the show. So
1: I'm yeah, I I know that the 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 pictures of her look fantastic. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, uh, what Joe McHale is going to look like as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, uh, well, one of the other things too to be kind of excited about is we knew Swamp Thing is coming, uh, you know, soon to uh, you know DC Universe, but we didn't realize how soon the show was actually going to be launching on the platform on May thirty first, uh, which is just right around the bend. So we are two months away, as actually from today, two months away from actually that show premiering on DC Universe, and we will obviously be giving our first review. Of the very first episode. When that does indeed air on the 31st. Uh, But like I said. uh, Everybody did apparently get to see a little bit of a teaser at WonderCon. That sounds like they were not going to be releasing that anytime soon. Uh, I'm sure we'll see that in probably about a month's time. But uh, yeah. Very excited. Everybody said what they got to see looked fantastic. It was kind of the first look of Abby Arcane. And indeed the swamp. When they said they got to see the stirring of something coming up out of the water. But they never got to see. The audience did not get to see the reveal of swamp thing quite yet. So uh, very cool. But we did see something else out there as well uh, regarding Spawn Thing, where Matt Ryan said he really, really wants to get an opportunity to come onto that show to get to play Constantine to kind of help create the Justice League Dark in the DC universe as well. Uh, so, again, it's something that could happen. We, it's, it was one of those we'll never know things until it plays out. So
1: I think I uh, think we might see it.
0: I think I, I think we could definitely well see it and i would not be surprised if we still see a constantine revival in dc universe at some point in time after legends of tomorrow wraps so it's really depending purely on when that show completes and if he still has a role in a contract that involves himself there so it's a big wait and see Uh, In addition to that, though, there are two other pieces about the DC Universe app. Uh, One of them is we now know officially that Young Justice Outsiders Part 2 of Season 3 will be premiering in June. We don't have an exact date yet, but I'm sure we'll be hearing something right around the corner. Uh, but so the biggest surprise for most people is the biggest weakness a lot of people have said about the service, which pretty much towed in saying that you'd be able to read a fair amount of DC Comics on their service. Uh, and that turned out to be a very small number of DC Comics that they were rotating in and out. Uh, this past January and February, they have done some work to kind of up what was available in the program. Uh, but they've done one better, and I think if you have been on the fence about the uh, the program so far, and you're a big DC Comics reader, they just announced that in April that every comic book written and released by DC will be fully available, with the exception of anything in the last current year. Um, and it sounds like they're going to be talking about how the current year stuff will be added into the service. I wouldn't ex- I would expect it's probably going to be month to month. They're going to add. One month, one additional month of content as the service continues. But this is a great opportunity for people to go out there and check out the vast library. And now it puts it more in line with the you know the Marvel Unlimited program out there. In addition to you getting you know shows like Do Patrol Titans, Young Justice, Star Girl, Swamp Thing, and Harley Quinn, which we know is still going to be premiering the end of this year as well. We did find out as well, Titans season two will indeed be airing in fall. Uh, And we will be seeing Harley Quinn premiere right after that. So it sounds like they have a very busy uh, last part of this year. So it sounds like probably by the time that Young Justice wraps up, Titan Season 2 will be with us, followed up quickly by Harley Quinn. And then right after that is Stargirl. So uh, it's going to be a a very, very, very big, um, you know, time over the next couple months with the service Uh, and I believe right now they're doing a special I think if your first month is 80 cents and then every recurrent month is I think $7.99 and I think they're doing a seven day free trial so if you're on the fence I would say give it about two weeks Uh, try your seven day trial rip through Doom Patrol and if you like it sign up for the program the more people that are on there and the more content they are going to make Yep. so all right, Uh, the last two pieces that we have is Epic's a television show service that nobody watches has
1: (laughs) released
0: their trailer for Pennyworth and all I can think of is Teen Titans go to the movies anytime I think about this series Uh, but we did see about a 30 second um, you know trailer starring uh, Jack Bannon as kind of a my guess is like a mid-twenties Alfred Pennyworth and this is very much the story of him as a British British SAS um, soldier so very spy oriented so again it feels a little bit James Bondy, but eh, I don't know what to think. But as the show is definitely takes place in the 1960s in London, long before Bruce is ever born. So I'm sure we will see the introduction of Thomas and Martha Wayne at some point in time in the series. Uh, but again, we know this is done by Bruno Heller, who is the person that brought Gotham to life, which is a show that's just about to wrap up. So uh, again, uh, check out the trailer. It is on our Facebook page. Whenever you get a chance to check that out at facebook.com slash DC primetime. But our last news story for this week is we got our very first shot of Batman. Hush. It's just a quick shot of Batman throwing a batarang. But they did get an opportunity to release the casting that we're going to be seeing. So uh, this is going to be bringing back many DC Universe original movie veterans, including Jason Amara, who's continuing to play the role of Batman. Momoa is going to be joined by Jennifer, uh, Jennifer Morrison as Selina Kyle, Jerry O'Connell as uh, Superman, Rebecca Romaine is Lois Lane. Rain Wilson is Lex Luthor. Sean Mayer is Nightwing and Bruce Thomas as Jim Gordon. And Stuart Allen is Damian Wayne and James Garrett as Alfred. Uh, also joining into the cast is Murray Sterling, uh, who is going to be voicing the key role of Thomas Elliott. Obviously, who we know is Hush. In addition to that, uh, Jeffrey uh, Aaron will be playing Riddler. Vanessa Williams will be playing Amanda Waller. Jason Sprisic will be playing the Joker. Adam Gifford is going to be playing Bane. Dashe Alessio is going to be playing Lady Sheba. Peyton List is going to be playing dual, dual roles as Batgirl and Poison Ivy. And Tara Strong is going to be playing a reporter. Um, you know, like I said, and then you know, Batman Hush is directed by Justin Copeland, written by Ernie Alpic, and obviously is based on the classic, classic story by Jeff Loeb and Jim Lee. So, do we. Um,
1: you might have mentioned it, it, but do we have a release on that yet?
0: Uh, all we know is 2019. We don't okay. have um, a directed release date quite yet um, because we know uh, Batman or, sorry Justice League versus the Fatal Five, which is our introduction to – well, the continuation kind of of the Bruce Timverse. Uh, that is going to be coming out in, I think, just two weeks' time. Uh, I think on the 16th, it will be on the DC Universe uh, streaming service, which is the day of the Bru- uh, Blu-ray Blu- Ray release. So I, my guess is probably this coming Tuesday, the 2nd. If not, the following week uh, is when we'll be seeing that one streaming. So okay, uh,
1: yeah, it's 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 um, is it bad that after these past two episodes of Supergirl? Don't get me wrong, I like Rain Wilson as the voice of Lex, um, but I I kind of want to see John Cryer do it now. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I, well, I thought Rain Wilson. I think he's a great great actor. I do too. Yeah. I, I I never felt he uh he had the right voice for Lex. Uh, mm-hmm. but you know what? Again. I think after hearing Clancy Brown for so many years, that's a little tricky to work around. But, you know, I think he still does a fantastic job. Uh, But that's it for the news this week. Uh, So recommendations. Let's get the hell out of here. Yeah. uh,
1: You already mentioned yours. I'll let you kind of recap yours while I'm thinking of mine.
0: (laughs) Um, I will say uh, Detective Comics 1000, if you have not had the opportunity to read it. Do yourself a favor if you are a fan of Batman at any point in time in your life. This is such a great celebration of the character. Uh, in particular, there is um, one great short story in there that truly just had me blown away. That is dealing with uh, kind of a little bit of working around the retelling of the origin. Um, but in addition to it, it's also done in the context of Bruce looking at the trophy. Uh, well, the, his trophy room where it actually contains... The gun of Joe Chill that killed Thomas and Martha Wayne and what the fate of that gun is by the end of the issue is uh, beautiful and touching. And I loved exactly what they did there. Cool. So I'm going to have to check it out. Uh, uh, but, yeah, it's it's pretty much every great Batman writer of all time is, is in this between Tom King to Scott Snyder to Denny O'Neill, uh, you know. I can't remember. If Jeff Loeb is in here. Grant Morrison, I believe, is in there. Brian Michael Bendis, uh, Kevin Smith. It is just a beautiful lo- love letter uh, to to uh, the world of Batman.
1: Is so. it a standalone story or is it a continuation?
0: Uh, well, I mean, it's 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 there's a little bit of a continuation, but this is a whole bunch of vignettes. Okay. Uh, this is this is just big, a, a big huge celebration like they did with uh, Action Comics 1000. So.
1: Okay, cool. I'm gonna have to check it out. Uh, yeah, my recommendation for this week is actually not DC related, but I know there is a show that debuted this past week in which a lot of people I know were looking forward to, and I really don't think it disappointed. If you are a fan of the original film, What We Do in the Shadows. Uh, I do know that the FX series uh debuted this past week with its first episode and I thought it was a lot of fun I'm not going to lie I I thought it was it was great seeing uh this kind of story being told again in a television form and I'm really looking forward to seeing where they're going to go with the series
0: I uh, the cray paper thing had me in stitches <laughs> <laughs> I need
1: mean, yeah I want to I'm going to I actually want to go back and rewatch the movie with uh, Jermaine Clement and uh, uh tiki td i think is how uh, you pronounce the name um taika. taika taika is it taika waititi okay yeah um who also directed thor ragnarok and and the original film but yeah, i want to go back and re-watch that uh, i don't believe you have to have seen the movie in order to get the series the series kind of uh, we alone. do
0: it does stand alone we do know for a fact that it indeed does um it is the exact same universe um, they and they said there is high chance that we're going to be seeing uh, Jeremy and Taika actually make an appearance uh, some way, shape, and form. I know the press got to see the very first four episodes and I heard when they meet the Long Island werewolves, things just take a oh, turn God. the funniest thing in the universe. <laughs> and they said they are very much swearwolves. <laughs> <So, laughs> <laughs> That's
1: fantastic.
0: And if you've seen the, the original movie, you understand that completely. But uh, yeah, I thoroughly loved it. Again, it's that documentary style. I know it's not everyone's cup of tea. Uh, again, there's very much uh that same sense of humor. so if the, the movie wasn't for you, the show will not change your mind. But yeah, if you love the movie, you'll love the
1: show, yeah, and i and I did, and i I loved both as well. So uh, uh, you know what? um
0: I, you know let's let's go on this this train of continuing with recommendations because okay, and oh, man, the, tonight's a big night as well.
1: Oh, that's right. Uh,
0: Is not tonight the first episode
1: of Game of Thrones? Uh, no, no, no.
0: I oh, thought were,
1: I no, I thought you were talking about no no, we're still like another week and a half out, I think.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. I thought it was today. All right, uh, but uh there is another show that's starting
1: uh tomorrow, I believe. Well, at the time people are listening to this, yeah, it'll be tonight. But um Yeah. yeah. Uh, Twilight Zone is going to be with us, which is
0: a very exciting, exciting thing to say. So
1: and yeah, and uh, as for Game of Thrones, April fourteenth is the premiere. April fourteenth. April fourteenth. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, uh, Twilight Zone, uh, directed and written by Jordan Peele, uh, debuts on the CBS network, uh, which is their CBS Digital Network, which is their streaming service, debuts uh, the, tonight, April 1st. So uh, if you've seen Get Out, if you've seen Us, which I've seen both and I really enjoyed both, I- I've seen the trailers for Twilight Zone. It has a phenomenal cast. I mean, I've seen Adam Scott, um, uh, Tracy Morgan, uh, uh, um, oh god he was in walking dead um still anyway a phenomenal cast of characters that he's got you know portraying these these uh these characters so i really can't wait and i hope i hope it really does well
0: yeah i'm thoroughly excited uh for for that show I, I, i I think we are in a really good amount of time right now where we just have awesome shows getting ready to kick off and just continue. And I, it's, it's exciting. It's really damn exciting. Yep. So, yeah. For sure. And, and honestly, if you, you know, there's one last thing too. I almost forgot. If you haven't had the opportunity to watch the sizzle reel for legends of tomorrow, oh. do yourself a favor and please go watch it because I will say that was one of the, Funniest sizzle reels I have ever seen in my life. Yeah, um, Gary in the Flash suit is one of the best scenes <laughs> things the, I've the, ever The seen. grin on his face, like the... <laughs> no, Oh, it's it's so good, and it's just, it's just the line coming out of names like we should have been in the crossover. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, Sarah. <laughs> uh, yep. Yeah, it's it's a fantastic sizzle reel. Uh, it's and it just goes to show you how much fun that show likes to have with what they're doing.
0: I, and I just love all of the little bits from all of the actual news sources that were like, this is the best superhero super, super show on TV. And then the last one is just praise Bebo. <laughs> so um, it just it has had me in stitches. So if you're excited, do yourself a favor today while you're listening to this. Watch that trailer before you get to watch the show tonight. So, yes, for sure.
1: Uh, cheap plugs and then we can get out of here Uh, first and foremost you can find this podcast as well as all other podcasts that are part of the next level podcast network uh, on www.thenextlevelnetwork.com facebook.com slash the next level network and of course the Facebook page for this podcast facebook.com slash DC primetime
0: and as for me you can always find me at the next uh, level network.com through the caffeine crew cast of pods our next episode is going to be actually recording tonight, uh, the night that you're hearing this, which is episode 51, if memory serves correctly, or 52. One of these things. It could be even (laughs) 53. I have no idea. Uh, But it is our Disney (laughs) part two episode, The Mousening, where we talk about the things we haven't touched on quite yet. Uh, The last time we did a full-on Disney episode, obviously we're going to be talking about the merger, Uh, and I think some of the damage we think that Disney could do to the industry, not only also talking about the things that we're excited about, Those still. So um, it'll be a really fun opportunity to kind of look at things and see where things go. Yep. So uh, so make sure to check that out if you haven't checked out uh, our other episodes. I think our last one was on the cartoons of the 80s and 90s, but you'll be hearing the new episode before the end of the week. So,
1: Yeah, and I get to be a part of this one, too, so I'm, I'm happy about that indeed i'm excited uh but again that's going to wrap it up for this issue of dc prime time again this uh next week we're going to be talking about the next episode of supergirl and the return of legends of tomorrow and i'm actually i don't believe you are but i will be seeing shazam this week as well uh, okay I have, I have tickets to the thursday night show so i might do uh depending on how much time we have maybe a short spoiler free uh oh, review. dude,
0: no. You can you can give a full-on review, uh, and a we'll do it just like normal, even if I can't. I, I will absolutely listen to a spoiler-filled review from you. So.
1: Well, I don't know if we want to do a spoiler-full one, because it is opening weekend, uh, and I don't want to ruin it for people who haven't seen it yet.
0: Well, we do what we always do, is we put it at the end of the episode.
1: Oh, that's true. So then people can skip it if they haven't yeah. seen it yet. All right, cool. Sounds, yeah. like, sounds like a plan. I'm excited, though. I'm looking forward to seeing it.
0: Yeah, and I'll I'll be definitely checking it out, I'm sure, in a couple weeks when I get an opportunity to. Yep.
1: Uh, But that's going to wrap it up for this issue of DC Primetime. Thank you, as always, for being a part of the DC Primetime family. Thank you for listening, subscribing, liking, commenting, all the great stuff that you do. But until next time, we'll see you guys around the bend. Take care. Peace.